episode of No Sympathy for Kings, a rich man's podcast. The podcast that is all about elevating the stories of entrepreneurs that look like us and interesting people as well. Mm-hmm. And the hopes of motivating you, the audience. Let's all get rich together. This is, this is for the aspirational audience, for sure. And here today, I have a very, 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 very special guest. And I don't say that about everybody, not with that many berries anyway. It's a lot of berries. A lot of berries. Yeah, and he's special for you know a couple of reasons. One, because um, he's like the only super successful Airbnb uh, entrepreneur that I'm familiar with personally. And uh, number two, he, he just happens to be family. This happens to be my, my blood brother, Mr. My Dawson Mick is in the house. What's up? What's happening? <clears throat> What's happening, people? What's going on? Thanks yeah. for tuning in. Yeah. Thanks for coming, man. I appreciate it. It was a long drive, man. <laughs> two fucking freeway exits, this guy. <clears throat> Maybe. This dude's talking like he came from down south. Right. Can't come all the way down here. No, it was good, man. It's good to be here with you guys. I'm I'm excited to talk about I don't even know what we're talking about. Um, I, I want to talk about your business journey, you know, first. And, um, you know, you can start wherever you want to there once I start framing up questions. All right, so you, um, tell us about yourself, man. What do you do? Who are you? What do I do? Uh, so, my name is Dawson, and I'm Ian's brother. I'm lucky to be Ian's brother. Um, so first, thanks for having me. You are lucky. Yes, very lucky, very lucky. He's definitely luckier, but um, because we got the homie Chad, you know. But uh, I started Parks. <laughs> <laughs> right, Parks, Parks on the on the boards, off camera. Right. Yeah. Uh, I started Airbnb, doing Airbnb uh, in 2017. I started researching it when I was, man, when I first moved over to the West Side of Cleveland. I'm from the east side, so um, I wasn't that familiar with the west side. And once I moved over to the west side, I saw that it was totally different than the east side, in my opinion. Um, and what I also saw was that there was a tremendous amount of like opportunity in the Airbnb space. Um, <clears throat> there may have been, I don't know, like five to ten people doing Airbnb, like on a multiple BNB scale, like more than one Airbnb. Uh, but mostly it was just people who was just like uh, renting out a room or renting mm-hmm. out... Um, playing small. Yeah, not yeah. playing small ball, really. Yeah. Um, and that's where you got to start. And um, I just saw, I was like, man, the amount of money that people could make from like having an apartment um, in Ohio City or Tremont or Lakewood was crazy. So... I basically just did some research for like a probably about like a year, and uh, just spent time time trying to like focus on um, what Airbnb was about. Um, you know, how could you really make money at it? The numbers in Cleveland, like everybody was like, "Man, you're not gonna make any money in Cleveland," because yeah. you can't. And I'm like, "Okay, right. let's see." You know? Yeah. Well, that's that's interesting that people were saying that then because like Cleveland's a fun place to be. I mean, we're hosting. Fucking NBA All Star Weekend here, like as we speak, as yep. we record this. Absolutely, you know. And uh, I remember having this conversation back in high school with a friend of mine, just about like Cleveland, you know. From there, from that point, like 
we were saying in 10, 15 years' time, Cleveland's going to be the place to be. And it's becoming that. It's, you know, like, the caveat is uh, Cleveland's definitely becoming a renter's town. Yeah. You know, which is kind of tough and comes with its, uh, its, uh, its caveats and, and concerns. And, but, and it's definitely become a lot more tourist-friendly, noticeably, over the last decade or so. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> you know, it's like, it's a lot less slummy than it used to be, I would say. Um, but again, like we're kind of moving away from like the homeowners market and Cleveland's got like a really robust, you know, homeowners, um, uh, real estate market here. <clears throat> so yeah, there's been, there's been a lot of changes there, but, um, yeah, so many opportunities have arisen like from, yeah, from the dirt. So like when I moved over to, I was living in Euclid for like a year and I moved over to Ohio city, um, I immediately saw the, the opportunity because it was just, in my opinion, more things to do in Ohio City and that side of the west side versus what I grew up with on the east side. The, mm -hmm. the, the east side definitely has a, a lot of great places. and You can do well um, in Airbnb on the west or the east, but um, the west is closer to the airport. You know, it's closer to uh, downtown, obviously, the lake. So... Um, Anyway, I just started, I started doing it, I bought a bunch of furniture, um, I put it on Airbnb, and that house went crazy, mm -hmm. it went absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. um, now tell us about that house, man, that was a very unique space. Man, so that house was, you right, man. We had some good times in that house, man, <laughs> some yeah. good times. Um, it was built in 1855, mm -hmm. exposed brick throughout the whole house. Um, just incredible, like, incredible space. Uh, four, uh, four levels, rooftop patio overlooking downtown Cleveland. It was insane. Um, and I just added some modern pieces to uh, make it, like, a little bit more modern for that, to try to appeal to that crowd. And uh, the house just went absolutely berserk. And it was the, it was in a guide that a magazine will say they publish. Um, they said it's like one of the 50 most outrageous Airbnbs in the entire state. So it went really well. It went really well. Um, and then for there, it just kind of sprung to additional Airbnbs um, and then opening up like a management company where I actually manage people's Airbnbs. You know, I formed a management uh, consulting firm, Cleveland BNB Getaways. Write that down Cleveland, C L E B N B Getaways. L E B N B. Getaways, no, nah, but what we do basically, we work with investors, you know, all across the world who are investing in properties um, with a specific uh, uh, purpose of trying to um, get into the short-term rental market. Um, but it's hard to find somebody who can manage these because there's so much stuff that comes, comes with it. It's incredibly taxing um, and you have to understand markets like Airbnb markets, you have to understand algorithms, you have to understand all the things that you know, because you've been an expert in the field for many years, mm -hmm. you have to know You have to know that if you're gonna compete in today's Airbnb market, uh, and I'm speaking for all the other Airbnbs that I have in every market. So we'll manage it and we'll basically just, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the month, send you a paycheck and on your cut of the deal and it's great but you're right it is becoming a, a renter's market here in Cleveland and yeah I think there's a lot of 
excuse me, a lot of stuff that's coming down the line as far as um, we'll see how the, the short-term rental market in Cleveland continues to evolve. Uh, it's going to be very, very fun, very interesting. Okay, so you started as um, this is a place that you were you were living in. You were renting for a little bit, <clears throat> and uh, you had the aha moment, like, hey, there's an opportunity here, and um, you went through, uh, <clears throat> I guess, the steps to actually stand it up and make it a real boy. So, like, what were some of the steps you had to do to like make to fully realize like that vision and get it to the point where you could start Airbnb? Man, for me, it takes, first it takes faith, faith in God. Um, you know, there's always been this burning thing inside of me that's like, man, you gotta be, you're, you're meant to do some creative, something creative or something more than what you're typically used to. Um, so that's first the faith and the, the ability to recognize, you know, what you're here for. Um, but then it was like, all right, let me research Airbnb. Like, what is Airbnb about, you know? So then I, I went on the Airbnb site and I started kind of figuring out um, areas uh, just by typing in like zip codes and, or I can't remember what the search was, it's probably just like Cleveland area or whatever. Um, kind of seeing what the market was like, you know. Um, so that's where I can I deduce, I'm like, oh, it's like maybe 10 uh, Airbnbs at that time that were doing it. And then from that, I just saw how much they got at night, you know the traffic, um, and then I just started to whiteboard it, you know, I just dry erase boarded, um, sessions, I locked myself, I'll never forget this, man, I locked myself in the, in the house the whole weekend, and I took some markers on that dry erase board, and I was just drawing ideas and thoughts, um, so, having a plan, um, but brainstorming first, you gotta brainstorm, so, um, Third would be just like understanding um, <clears throat> everything that's involved in Airbnb. So, like furniture, um, artwork, you know, toiletries, you know, these are the things you don't really think about. So, planning how much, everything you need, and then mm -hmm. you put a price to it, and then from there you try to figure out how to pay for it. Um, and that can, that's a whole nother journey, business credit and all that type of stuff that I had no idea about yeah. then. It was all, all out of my pocket at that point. Mm -hmm. um, and then once you get everything done, you know, having a good photographer and then um, posting on Airbnb and just seeing what happened. That, those are my steps. Um, but remember, I researched it for an entire year before because it was just fascinating to me that people let other people stay in their house and they would get paid. That's it's just crazy. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Yeah. So, so you were renting this space right at first, right? Yes. This first place. Okay. So, I don't know how that is in other places, but it's, it's generally called subletting. So, when you're, when you're subletting, uh, that usually means that um, you have to have some sort of, like, okay from the owner of the premises, right? You should have an okay, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, how did that, how did that go for you? Like, how did that conversation go? Man, that's a great question. Yeah. So... At the time, I'm good at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see, I see, I see. So I just had a conversation with the owner. Uh, you know, I said, "Look, this is what I want to do. I want to use your house that I've already been in. I have a good mm -hmm. payment track record, right. and I want to just do Airbnb. And I'll give you a percent. 
Okay, I would never negotiate this way now. I would never just go in and offer anybody anything um, for profit sharing. But back then, that just tells you some of the growth. I wanted to secure it. I wanted to like, yeah, you can definitely do that. Yeah. The first deal is never, never the greatest, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had a conversation with him. Uh, we restructured the lease to include the allowment um, of, of the Airbnb. And you're right. It's the subletting clause in the lease. We just specified that I was able to do it for Airbnb. Um, and that's how I got around that one, you know. Mm -hmm. But just having an open dialogue, I tell people all the time, man, don't don't try to like, you're not going to fool people. Pull a fast one, yeah. you know, try to be all cagey. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm living here. Yes, yeah. it would just be me. You've had like 60 people in and out of this place in the last three years. <laughs> yeah. I never forget my, my flags at Airbnb. Yeah. Um, I was I was like running winter and I was going to my car or something, and um, <laughs> my neighbor he's like hey 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 excuse me excuse me, and I'm like excuse me I'm like oh what's going on man hey man do you live there and I'm like who's this guy coming up to me I have no idea who this guy is who sent you first of all right who uh, sent you <laughs> <laughs> who sent you man. Yeah. Uh, you real <coughs> suspect right now. So mm -hmm. we start having a conversation. He's like, I live across the street. I'm your neighbor. And like, um, <laughs> I just want to know who lives in that house because everybody, I've seen everybody in that house. And he starts going through basically all the races and ethnic backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's an Airbnb. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, that was a crazy situation. But you, but look. People are, going to be, are watching you, okay? And the truth of the matter is, when you're a minority, you're going to be watched even harder. And that's, uh, I don't think that's debatable. Mm -hmm. um, but the idea is this. You want the deal that's for you. Like, you want the deal that you're supposed to get. You don't, you don't want the deal that you've got a backdoor in. You know, so you, you don't want any confusion at all. So just be transparent. And I've had clients come to me and they're like, please fix this situation. So we negotiate, we negotiate leases also. So, you know, I'm in between the owner and the, the client in my yeah. case. You have a buffer. Yeah, I'm uh, like a buffer. Yeah. Family had a lot of buffers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Godfather 2 reference for those of you that are uninitiated. And if you are uninitiated, get initiated. That's a great movie. I'm referring to you while I watch uh, Gen what is it called? Genius? Yeah. Yeah, on that on that on that uh, network. Can't talk about it. I need to check from there. Mm -hmm. But that network, first watch that. Um Yeah, and if you if you're up front, again, if you're up front with people, you know where they stand. You know? Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, don't try to fool you because now I'm telling y'all, um, these these cities and these uh, municipalities yeah. are they're adapting to the new uh, environment. Right? They're adapting. Yeah. They're like, oh, y'all want to do Airbnb? Okay. Yeah. We want a taste. We want a taste. It's all about it's all about the taste. Everybody wants to get a taste. Um, Preferably so. <laughs> Capitalist society. Got to pay to play. Got to pay to play. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So it's 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 been a great journey, but uh, always be transparent with people. So and so having a, having a good relationship with your your the landlord 
is not a prerequisite to have success in this in this area. Um, it should be a business professional relationship if you mm-hmm. want to enter in this in this in this realm. You know, mm-hmm. just be real with people, and, and the universe would. I always believe if you're real with people, you're real with the universe, and the universe will give you back what you're supposed to have. Yeah, and you didn't. And you didn't make it like uh, like a casual pie in the sky kind of pitch. Like you actually pre- presented them a, an actual business proposal. I did. I did. And that's a great point you made. Did you like? Did you give them like? like did you give them like? Um, I mean, did you like? Sh- I mean, did you present like a piece of paper to them? Like you know, shot for shot, bullet for bullet. This is what I'm thinking. This is like the projected um, you know revenue we could be looking at if you're on board. You know. And you know, perspectives for like how long we want to do this and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those are like important details because you know, I don't think it will go over too well if you like just like you catch your you catch your landlord, you know, or hit him up one day like, yo, I want an Airbnb, uh, your your home, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying your property. I don't think it like I don't think it goes like like that. Or well, I don't think you. I think you get a quick no as opposed to like the slow yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I. I agree with you. The thing about it, uh, and this was a situation where I must admit it's a bit more unique because I had already been living there. And, um, you know, I had formed a relationship already. Sure. So I, I say that gave me a leg up. Plus, I'm coming to you, you know, with an offer you really can't refuse. You know, uh-huh. I mean, it really was like, right, this is an offer. Here's my offer. Like, it was like, you know, and again, right. that first deal was not a deal that I, I, I look back on that deal and I say, you have to, there has to be a bit of a, I don't want to say sacrifice, that's strong, but like, you've got to be willing to give up something, to get something. Mm-hmm. And I gave up 10% um, in return to build the most successful, probably Airbnb of that two year span. Um, so definitely proud of that. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So, so how I presented it to him. So, yeah. um, I, I really just said, "Hey, man." So that remember that you remember that Airbnb that it had like the bar. It was like this bar, mm-hmm. this bar top from like a bar that had been in existence for like a hundred years. Yeah, um, it was a very cool place. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I said, "Come over for it." He made he made like beer. Yeah, it had like a rustic look in there, right? Yeah, it's very rustic. It was mm-hmm. very. Um, you know, pre Civil War, eighteen fifty five, uh, exposed mm-hmm. brick throughout the house. Yeah. Um, messed up leveling in the house, um, was also added to a bit of the charm. Yeah. Um obscure, like Yeah. Non traditional. Very non traditional. Yeah. The architecture was a very traditional feel though, like from the construction, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't look like much on the outside, um, but in the inside it was like a little little secret galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was interesting. You had, you had the little, um, you had the well, the well room in the house. You had a well. How do you describe that? Like, how do you describe that, that room? Man, I would describe that room as okay. You walk into this home, and it's like um, it's set up sort of like a loft, like a luxury loft, if you will, from the leveling. Yeah. Um, so you walk in, and then there's this <clears throat> there's this great room, which is like a living room space, and it's like brick and wood. So you have a staircase right in front of you as soon as you walk in on your right, and to the left you've got the uh, the living room. Mm-hmm. Those those staircases you say when you go up, yeah, they were floating. Oh, Remember that's they were right. They were. right. 
That's right. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. A little off-putting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Especially at night. Yeah. When you had a few. Yeah. Yeah. It was like it was not an ideal <laughs> Airbnb for children. Nah. Definitely a lot of places. Uh, yeah, unsafe for children. And by yeah. the way, we did select not suitable for kids under. I think it was. 12 or something like that. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Many times, I was jogging up them joints, and I failed. Mm-hmm. Don't tell anybody. Um, yeah, I was always really careful with those steps. So I said, come over. Let's have a beer. We had a beer. And I said, listen, this is what I want to do. You know, I want to enter into a business uh, relationship with you. And, um, you know, I want to be able to lease this out or do Airbnb. And so at that time, though, everybody, people weren't really aware of what Airbnb really mm-hmm. was. Well, in Cleveland, anyway, I think. I think yeah. it was bigger than other places. Yeah, like... Everything starts in, like, L.A., I think. Yeah. yeah. Cali, like, they probably like, we've been doing Airbnb for 20 years. Yeah. yeah. But the company was still in its first, yeah, it was still I think, in- maybe in the second trimester. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he wasn't really... He'd heard of it. He yeah. Understood. But I said, basically, the basic premise of this is... Um, you're gonna sit back and make money for doing nothing. Nothing, yeah. Like the check that I gave you last month is gonna be four, five, six more grand in that. And you're not gonna be, you know, doing anything. Mm-hmm. How did you perform that first year? Uh, that first year we did, I think that first year we did like <sighs> under 40k. Okay. Yeah, um, I have the exact number, but like, you know. Under 40k, and then the second year we doubled that, which is really great. I thought it was pretty good when you're starting something, yeah. I thought it was pretty good, yeah. You know, I was a kid in the game, you know, so I really didn't understand the stuff I knew now. So, you gave him the proposal, yeah. He eventually said yes, um, you got going, and uh, the next step I'm assuming was like, okay, now I gotta furnish this place, get it presentable, yeah, and all that. Now, um, what was like your um, what was your approach to like furnishing the place? Because furnishing any place can get really expensive. Sure. You know, and that place it was a huge place, man. Like there were several rooms. You had like a couple of couches. The house was very venti. It was very venti. Four beds. Yeah. Yeah. It was very venti. Had the vintage (laughs) rustic look. Yeah. And it was venti like style. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like I've never used that word before. I was trying to figure out where it worked. Yeah, man. It was. It was crazy because I had never really designed anything before. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't like, I didn't go to school to design anything or um, anything like that. I just, I think colors just started coming to me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I just started seeing colors blend together. And, mm-hmm. and from there, it was like shapes. And then from there, it was like, um, you know, where can I get get these things? Mm-hmm. And so the, my first Airbnb was pretty much 75% furnished by a local company in, in Cleveland, okay. uh, very popular company, and they were they were tremendous. Um, at the time, my credit wasn't that great. I mean, it was bad. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. It was terrible, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I actually got into like a special program at this furniture store. So it, it, it enabled me to be able to buy all of the furniture that I needed. Which was how many beds we have in there? You got the king bed on the rooftop. Mm-hmm. You got yeah, the king bed. You had like two twins. I had on a, I had one twin and one queen in the same room. Ah yes 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 yes. Yep yep. Uh huh. And then you had like the couches in that room. Mm-hmm. And then you had one of them was fold out, wasn't it? One of those couches. No, they never were. 
Okay, okay, okay. Another big mistake. That's a rookie. Those are rookie mistakes. So yeah, so, so I, I just furnished yeah. them for local, local, and then as the years drew nigh, and I, I started to like, I was in it for my second year. I said, all right, so let me see if I can find some furniture online. Mm-hmm. So I got real, real good at looking at furniture online. You know, a lot of people are like, I can't touch it, I can't sit on it, Pause. but so they can't, they can't buy it. Right. And I just read like reviews, and people will tell you. Mm-hmm. Some of these sites even let you record a video and then people will tell you the truth about the product they receive if they don't like it or if they like it. So um, I just got good at ordering online uh, furniture and furnishing my entire place and then now my client's place is entirely online. It was a, it was a fun process, but now I know uh, how it should be done. And you can, you can easily scale this business very quickly if you just follow the steps. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, what's your go-to uh, furniture uh, provider these days? So there's a lot of information that I, I give in my, in my course where I talk about how to um, scale your business quickly. Um, so I'll, I'll, if people want to learn more about that, I'm happy to you know have a conversation with you. I have a several different package uh, course special that takes you all the way through Airbnb uh, from setting it up. To, uh, oh, you run a coaching business too? Yeah, consultant firm. Yeah, so yeah. basically... Um, Talk about that a little bit. Whew, man. I honestly just want to help other people and see other people shine. You know, um, there's something about not really having anybody who pulled you aside and been like, yo, you know, all these things are possible. I've never had anybody not tell me that. You know, like say that you won't be successful, except that one high school teacher or guidance counselor who was like, <laughs> She was like, okay, my GPA was like very low because uh, my interest wasn't in school. And she was like, with this GPA, I can probably guarantee you'll get in the track seat. Mm-hmm. I was like, why would you just say that? You know what I mean? Like, shout the try C. At the time, wasn't like really all that flattering. Shout no. the, yeah. Tri-C has evolved so much. Shout the try C. Yeah. yeah. But, it, it, but it's like. It's a great school. It's, it's a, I think that's a, junior colleges are typically used for you to take the next step after that. And, sure. but when she said that, it wasn't about the school, it was just, it was the fact that she thought she knew my potential. Yeah, she's telling you this is the best you can do. Right. Yeah. You have no idea, lady. Mm-hmm. You know, you have no idea. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> no idea at all. Okay. So, you got the furniture and everything going. Yeah. And now you're ready to go to market. You're ready to play. So, um. So you initially, um, you, you took some photos and uh, you got your Airbnb page set up and then you started uh, promoting it. What, 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 what vehicles did you start promoting? Yeah, so Airbnb did 100% of my marketing. Um, when you sign up for Airbnb, you're, it's like you're signing up for the largest, really the probably, probably one of the largest marketing firms in the world. Um, you really look at it uh, from a perspective of, um, what they're really doing is pushing their marketing. And then it just happens to be these cool homes or regular homes on, on their website. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did a great job. What My job was, though, in that was to understand what their algorithm were, mm-hmm. algorithms were, um, and to figure out, like, what can get my list into the top, what can keep it at the top. Mm-hmm. You know, they had very little metrics at that time. They gave yeah. me a dashboard. But... 
They had some like how many people are looking at your space. Yeah. And then I think the bra the bronze ring at the time was like super host status. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's still that. That's it's but it's like so much I feel like it's so much easier to get. <laughs> There's so much that goes into hospitality and you have to keep your place um inspected. Like I have a I have a monthly inspection um of all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is those things are part of our world. So mm-hmm. and then you get high traffic amounts of people. Um if you're not doing the stuff that you need to be doing, you're right. I mean, it can go, go out of control. So you got to take that type of stuff uh, seriously. Mm-hmm. Superhost is, I don't want to put it out there, it's like it's um, not challenging to get. But um, <laughs> if you're on good behavior for six months or whatever the period is, you can get Superhost. And you can drop that quick. You know, all you need is like one poor Yeah. Beer. So let's let's stay with the hospitality uh, piece because yeah. this is the hospitality industry ultimately, and it's an industry like I'll never be in love with because I'm not in love with the idea of like you know picking up after people you know consistently and all that. And that that's a lot of work, and um, sure is. so for you it's like, and this is just you in the beginning. Yeah, doing everything. So yeah. this is setting the stage in between um, stays, which you know people have to. They happen until 11 a.m. Usually, you know, this is for hotels too. Like usually checkout times like 11. Yeah. And then the, oftentimes, when, especially I remember when you got going, like you'd have another booking like maybe about five hours later, give or take. So in that time, you have to get the people out. Usually, usually they get out on time, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, then you got to check everything out. You've got to wash all the sheets, mm-hmm. clean up the spot, wipe everything down, clean out the bathrooms, reset the toiletries, yep. um, the bath towels, make sure everything's smelling nice and looking mm-hmm. nice, yeah. uh, make it presentable, and you've got like that small window, excuse me, small window of time to do it. Yeah. So like, talk about that a little bit, like um, like how you kind of manage that, you know, on your, on your own, then I want you to then I want you to like go into like how um, you eventually got into delegating some of that stuff. That's a great question. So at the time when I first started Airbnb, the first two years, heavy, the first two years, I was working a full-time job. Mm-hmm. So I would come home and clean on lunch. Mm-hmm. So um, the turnover times are the most important aspects of Airbnb. You know, like you said, checkout is typically before 11 a.m. Um, the majority of guests historically have always been respectful. I would say 99% uh, respectful, respected, respectful of the um, house guidelines as far as checkout times. Mm-hmm. But man, I think people have changed. I think we've all changed the last couple of years and people's habits have certainly changed. Um, they're less responsive to guidelines. Uh, really? Yes. Okay. I think that I'm probably around 4% late checkouts, which I, I want it always to be 0%. Sure. Um, so that's uh, that's frustrating to be to be quite honest. And then you, it, the way that the rating system isn't with Airbnb, you have to be so careful how you communicate with the guests, because the guests one little bit of experience that the guest feels like was unsatisfactory to them, yeah. and that could just be disagreeing with you. Right. What they decide to code <laughs> as you know an, a bad experience. Right. Or whatever. So you have to know how to manage. Whether you're upholding the guidelines that they agreed to. Right, and we need to get this cleaning in so we can flip this story, you know. Right. Um, So it was a lot of, like, coming home from work uh, at lunchtime uh, 
and changing sheets, doing all of that stuff. Um, those were some wild days. And then... Yeah. Um, you were working across town at the time, right? Yeah, I worked east and I lived west. Mm-hmm. No bueno, for real. It was yeah. a bad situation. Uh, but I just, I just, I was just dedicated. I just knew that this thing would work. And I knew that even though I didn't, I knew I was going to be my cleaner. Mm-hmm. I was going to be my HR. I was going to be everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are the, those are the earlier times. And then eventually I learned how to, like you say, delegate. I'm like, I can't continue to do this. Even if I'm not working a full-time job, I can't continue to clean all these houses. Yeah, you burn out. You freaking burn out, for mm-hmm. real. Um, so, yeah, then I got into delegation and understanding the benefit of hiring a cleaning company. Because I got one bad review. This is what happened. I got one bad review. Somebody was like, um, the toilet has not been cleaned. And I was like, I started thinking about that. Like, what if that was you? You know, like, mm-hmm. and you go in a place in the toilet, that's just disgusting, yeah. right? So I wasn't the best of cleaners, but, sure. um, you know, you know, I, I missed a, a major spot. And ever since then, yeah. I hired cleaners, mm-hmm. you know? And then it goes into hiring the right cleaners. Yeah. And then it goes into, like, making sure that you have backup cleaners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets involved. Um, but, yeah, eventually delegated some of those duties. But I will jump in and clean the house right now if I have to. Mm-hmm. Cool. So eventually, uh, you made the decision to expand. It's like you reach a certain uh, point of success, and you decided, okay, I have one location, and now I am seriously considering doing another and running that simultaneously. How did you How did you transition into getting like the second property? Man, um, at the time. I was thinking about how I could do it, and I said to leverage, to leverage the situation, I need additional capital, and the capital I can't figure out a way for me. I didn't, I wasn't up on business credit back then, mm-hmm. so I didn't know all these opportunities that you have now. So yep. um, I got a partner in the second Airbnb, okay, and we went in and did everything together. Um, we've been like before, like we could even really get off the ground. We had to, uh, dissolve the partnership. Um, sometimes people get cold feet, you know, and they're not, eventually, you know, you can get excited about something. Sometimes you get a little nervous, like, damn, man, we're getting close to this. And I don't know if it's a lot of money. So, and then it was back on me again. And I just, again, went to the whiteboard the dry erase board and I just documented and just threw out my thoughts and then walk around the house some more, you know, go to the rooftop for a second, think, pray, come back down and then the ideas will come in and then I start formulating the plan. Um, and it's, I guess it's like a creative process. It's like, you know, when you create your media, it's like, you can't always be like, you know, I did this, this and this. Sometimes it's just like magic. You know, and, and that's kind of how... Yeah, it just comes to you and you're like, this makes sense. I'm that's it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Other people are starting to come to me asking me to manage their Airbnbs. This sounds like an opportunity for the management company arm of this brand. Um, and so that's what I started doing. I started getting into other people coming to me saying, can you find me a, a place? Uh, can you furnish the place? Mm-hmm. Um, and can you manage the place? And mm-hmm. 
ever since then, we've been managing uh, since 2000 and... <clears throat> 2000, actually 2020, yeah. So how's that work on a high level? COVID. Like, on a high level, like an investor approaches you or you end up in this, uh, you end up uh, you know, in a conversation with an investor and they just say, okay, uh, we want to put X amount of money into it and we want you to run point on this. Like, yeah. If we could, if we could like, not di- not to dilute it, but just on a high level. Sure, sure. Money people come to you and say, we want to, we want to put it, we want to, we, we own this property, we want to Airbnb it, we don't want to rent it, we want to maximize profits, you know, because they're probably, at least at the time, they were probably buying these homes for like pennies on the dollar before the market, you know, shifted, you know, the other That's, way. Yeah. <laughs> and um, now we want to, you know, we want to, we want to extract probably, you know, two, three times whatever we paid for the house out of it within a year, you know, and that'll work, you know, whatever the mortgage term was or whatever the heck. Mm-hmm. So they come, they come to you and say, okay, <clears throat> we want you to run point on this. So you're responsible for not only the managing of the Airbnb aspect of it, you know, with like booking guests and everything, but also you're putting the space together. You're making the dream come true. You're, you're, you're realizing, uh, you know, the furnishing, the look, you know, the marketing and all that. And we're just, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna let you run point on this. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, they kind of mean to say, put it together like you put your other ones together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't want to have anything to do with it. Right. We just want to get a check. Just want to ring a bell and take money. Okay. That's it. The skim. That's it. <laughs> and before I could, before I knew the answer was yes, I can do that, I said yes. Because I'm like, this is OPM. Uh, you, you, we're using other people's money to not only further their goals, but our goals as a business. Um, so it seemed like a no-brainer to me. And, um, you know, what I did not anticipate was the level of interpersonal communication uh, skills uh, that were required for this. Yeah. Um, so fortunately for me, I've, I've always put myself in uh, growth positions to try to grow who I, who I am as a person. Like, mm-hmm. I joined Toast Matches and was doing that for a while. Yeah. Um, because I knew that I'm like, ah, I'm not as comfortable in certain situations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you invested in yourself betterment as a communicator over time, long yeah. before you got into this endeavor. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I never thought like, oh, yeah, okay. And it just ended up working for you later. And you're like, oh, yeah. I have a purpose for all this training now. And then it makes me yeah. think, man, maybe I need to go back to Toastmasters to continue. Because look, what is it? Denzel says, um, Denzel still takes acting lessons. And we look at Denzel, most of us, and we're like, there's no reason why he should take acting lessons. He's the greatest, right? But he right. still wants to get better at his craft. Right. He's the greatest because he doesn't believe he's the greatest. Facts. You know, he's, he keeps himself grounded. Like, no, I could always be a little better. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So it's a good attitude to have. It's, to, me, to me, it's the only one to have if you want to be super successful like mm-hmm. out here, you know. Um... And you have to be confident, you know. I never forget the conversation we had about confidence um, years ago. And nobody pulled me aside and was like, this is the way that blessings come or this is the way that good things come your way. By like first getting out there and being like, I can do it, mm-hmm. you know. Once I learned that, because that's the secret. Which is the hardest part. It's just like convincing yourself that it's like doable and that you can do it. Right. You know. Like, yeah, I can do this. Right. You know? Yeah, because, like, it's like this, like, at least from my perspective in my life, like, I've always kind of, like, nurtured, like, almost this inferiority complex because you see all these 
I'm around a lot of successful people. I've been around successful people in my career and everything. And you look at it like almost like you're lucky to be there. And they're just doing they're doing something mystical, you know, something supernatural. And then when you and, and when you and then when you stay um, when you observe enough, you know, you remain that fly on the wall. You know, you know, um, you know when to open your mouth and when and when to just listen. And uh, and you see exactly how the sausage is made. There's nothing supernatural about it. In fact, like <laughs> a lot of the stuff is like not not as formal as you think it is. Like how things come come True. to be. You know? Yeah, man, that's real. Yeah. It just happens over like a coffee or something. Like, oh, that's a great idea. Like, let's just toss some money into that. Let's we'll see. We'll throw some throw some around the wall and see if it sticks. And right. A lot of the time, it's just like off the seat of their pants. You yeah. Know? They just happen to have the bread to like make it happen. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the super, one yeah. I was just going to say, you're right. The supernatural part of um, success yeah. is you believing in yourself that you can mm -hmm. have the success. Because you're right. Yeah. There's nothing um, mystical about yeah. the process. It's a, it legitimately is a rinse and repeat. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I say this all the time now. Um, the worst thing you do is to rationalize yourself into paralysis. Ooh, that's what we do. We rationalize ourselves into paralysis where we say like, well, this couldn't work because of X, Y, and Z, and then you end up not getting anything done. And you never know if you could have got it done because you never took a swing. Right. You know? Yeah. Don't you say uh, you lose 100% of the shots you don't take? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, when they find out, I would hear them say things like, you can't do this in Cleveland. You can't do this. Why would people want to come to Cleveland? Why would people? And it's just these people. They, they we we've been yeah. so beat down to the point where we don't even believe. Just look around you. Well, how how are all these other places? How are hotels functioning? Why are they still building hotels? Mm -hmm. So um, you just gotta believe in yourself and always be yourself. You know, be yourself because blessings will come to you. Mm -hmm. You're trying to be somebody else, the blessing will go to that person. Yeah. Yeah, you need that and always uh, make the commitment to researching. Um, it's like um, I'm taking an economics class right now as we speak, actually. And one of the basic um, <clears throat> fundamental principles like starting a business is um, research on, um, I forget the exact term, it's like uh, basically research on how to like do whatever the thing is, you know, research on how to do the business, essentially, like, that's a very serious component that actually should be factored into your budget, you know, like, investing and researching, you know, whatever you want to do. Go to somebody who, who knows what they're talking about, but, um, just think about what you're doing and research it, like you said, go back to the R&D, you have to research, understand what Airbnb is about, um, understand, you know, how it's impacted your city. Um, how it's impacted um, the economy. I never had. I never forgot this. A friend, a friend of mine. Um, you know, we we have been talking a little while, and he comes into the house and he's like, you know, he's he's like an NBA guy. And he's like, um, man, what do you, what do you do? How do you frame it? What do you do a month for the local economy? And I'm like, I don't understand that question. What do you mean? No, no, because no, your business contributes to the bottom line of the city. Mm -hmm. So how much money, revenue, 
is your business generating for the city, for your city? I was like, no. Huh? Well, well, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I've got to get back I, to you about that. Yeah, how do I calculate that? Yeah. He gave me homework. Yeah. And then I started realizing, okay, if you have, if your house is booked 20, let's say 15, 20 nights a, a month, that's pretty good. Um, yeah. That's, that's a good. That's excellent. I mean, we obviously want 100% occupancy rate. Sure. But, I mean, you get what you can. But if you rent out 15, 20 days a month, that's pretty good. That means you're generating some decent revenue. Let's say you're, let's say you're making five, six thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. Now take what people are spending inside of their house. Mm -hmm. You know where they're going to eat. Um, where they're going to eat. Where they're going to drink. Mm -hmm. Where they shopping. Yeah. It's a data points game now. Uh, Airbnb is definitely data points, yeah. Yeah. And the more data points you have, the better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've said that before, too. Control your data. Control your data, man. Control your data, control your data, and invest in collecting data for your business. Whew. It's going to it's gonna help a lot of those converse, those growth conversations you have with the money people later. Yeah. You know, when you have those solid data points to, to reference, and it, 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 it lessens the pushback. Facts. You know, when you come with straight data... And solid facts, you know, like, no, this is a proven successful business model. It's been working for two, three years now. Here are the two or three KPIs or key performance indicators that um, you know, I've been on target with, if not exceeded. And um, you should, and that'll make the money people feel that their money is safe with you, you know, and they'll be allowed to expand. Yeah. You know, logically, you know. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I couldn't have said it better, dude. Like, I can't have a conversation with an investor now and think I'm going to get business unless I provide a report of how they can have, a, what their ROI is going to be. Mm -hmm. And why would their ROI, why would their return on investment be better by doing an Airbnb versus a traditional rent? You know, how can I convince you? I can talk to you all day and say, right. everybody likes to come to, you know, Tremont, Ohio City. Everybody loves Lakewood. Everybody loves blah, 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 blah. But what are the numbers? Uh -huh. Show me the money, yeah. right? And that's what yeah. it's that's what it's about. Yeah. So overhead versus you know performance, yeah. right? So it's a lot of overhead to run, you know, a, a good B and B. Yeah, let's go through it. Yeah, cleaners. Um, uh, just got throw in there gas, um, linen purchases, mm -hmm. toiletries. Yeah. Electronics. Yeah. Now those are like the short, what we would call short-term expenses from an economic perspective. Then like the, the fixed expenses would obviously be like whatever you're paying in rent or whatever, all that stuff. The fixed expenses are definitely rent or mortgage. But the expenses like the linen, like the toiletries, those are fixed expenses. Because every month you're going to have to buy new stuff. Um, unless you buy in bulk. So it depends mm -hmm. on how you... Yeah, I was. Yeah, I agree. I just, I, for me, it falls into like the variable category because of like how supply chain has been the last couple of years and pricing on certain things, availability of certain goods and stuff like that. Now, today, right now, in twenty twenty two, it's not really an issue. A couple of years ago, it was. I but mean, yeah. I was, I was still able to get toilet paper during the pandemic. Okay. Um, the P 
people hadn't taken it all, even though the people was going crazy in the, in the shopping centers or whatever. But um, every, so like you should buy in bulk, that's a whole other conversation, but mm-hmm. you're going to have monthly expenses, you know, um, cable, you got to have a Wi-Fi. Entertainment, yeah. yeah. You know, um, just comforts. Security, yeah. And, and really the Wi-Fi now is more of a necessity for people. Sure. Because like a lot of these, a lot of, a lot of the Airbnbs or the short-term rental, rental people, uh, the good folks, they will, I have a Netflix account for each one of my houses mm-hmm. and they always log me out. They always log me out because they, they use their little, their algorithm is different for them because of what they watch and I'm like, it's so crazy. But they freak out if the Wi-Fi is not working for half a second. Uh-huh. And we get a lot of business travelers too, so you yeah. Know, I was gonna say a lot of people on business trips and stuff. They need, yeah, they need the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's like security. Um, and if you don't invest in security, mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, do do not think twice about getting into to short-term rental if you're not willing to invest in security. Mm-hmm. Now, when you hire a consulting firm or a management company to do this for you, it's much easier. Um, but cities are cla- they're clapping down on Airbnbs because for a two to three year period, there's a significant influx of people of out of, uh, out of town or out of state or uh, investors. Mm-hmm. So they buy a property and they would like manage it from wherever they're at, right? Yeah, Israel. Right, wherever, all around the world. And the local people will just be partying at the house and whatever, whatever. So there's so many different guidelines now that you have to be be aware of, but security is super important. You got to make sure that people are um, abiding by the rules, not only of your house, but by the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That's super important. Yeah. Yeah. Last thing I want is, uh, you know, people in the community and the neighborhood you're in going to, um, uh, you know, to uh, whoever's running the ward, you know, lighting up their emails or filling up their, their voicemail box with complaints. <laughs> this house had 17 parties last month. Yeah. And they really, they, they really do that. It's, yeah. I mean. Yeah, a lot of people take that seriously. You cannot, you, you cannot do an Airbnb without any type of security monitoring. Mm-hmm. You have to get cameras mm-hmm. on the outside of the house, of course, never on the inside. Yeah. Um, but on the outside of the house, you got to see. And a lot of times, it's really about, I'll give you all a little gem. It's about keeping, keeping the crowd um, keeping everybody safe in the neighborhood, but it's also about revenue loss or revenue gain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was gonna say uh, it was one of my questions about yeah, incidentals, yeah. man. <laughs> like, you gotta have a bucket for incidentals. How many times did I called you like we gotta pull up? We gotta pull up. Remember yeah. that one time when I first started? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was like probably my last two questions. Like one was about incidentals and like yeah. craziest Airbnb story because you told, you told me some doozies of like crazy Airbnb stories. There's only been one situation where a, somebody punched a hole in my wall. Yeah. And uh, let's just say I found that we couldn't we couldn't get through to the person through Airbnb. Mm-hmm. There's a whole process you go through when something like that happens. Mm-hmm. Airbnb has insurance for that. Right. Um, but yeah, I've been into some situations, definitely. Yeah, I think one situation, you want to get into it? Sure. 
Alright, so I mean, I want to say this is probably like three years ago when I first started and I was at the flagship and um, <laughs> it was crazy. It was like maybe five degrees outside. I love this guy. That's my guy right there. Um, it was probably five degrees outside and there was, there was so much snow on the ground. And I was on the east side. I was. I had met a friend at uh, uh, the Fairmont Martini Bar in Cleveland Heights. Uh -huh. Yeah, nice place. Nice place. Yeah. And we were just talking, whatever. And then, so that house had a tenant attached to my unit with a separate entrance. And he would always text right. me. He'd be like, "Yo, they getting kind of crazy over there," or "These are nice guests." You know, mm -hmm. he was an older gentleman. Yeah. He's like, you gotta get to the house, man. He's like, they're having a party. I don't know what they're doing. I'm like, all right. It's gonna take me at least an hour and a half to get there because the snow was crazy. Right. I, don't, I don't remember what day this was, but it was wild. Yeah. Five years later, I finally get to the house. Right. And all I hear is doom, 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 So anyway, so she finally opens the door. She's like, you know, open the door all like, so I can't really see inside. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I know that's a sign. Right. So I'm by myself. I'm cold. You know, I probably right. didn't have gloves on. Yeah, probably already aggravated just from the drive. Yeah. You know, and hearing from dude, uh, cutting your evening short to have to like pull up and deal with this mess. Yeah, man, we just having a good time. Yeah. Um. So she's like, I'm like, you know, I'm Dawson, and um, what's going on? I heard there's a noise complaint. And she's mm -hmm. like, she's crying. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you crying? She's like, I'm so sorry. It was it was her birthday, and there was like, there was supposed to be like 20 kids. Like, probably like, when I say kids, I mean like 21 to like, mm -hmm. like 21, 22. And they booked it a vet, right? They, they booked it, yeah. So... Yeah, so we can get into that. Like, there's like a vet booking. That's part two. Like personal. Yeah, part two. We can get into that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there was like a bunch of. There was supposed to be twenty people. There was like forty people in the house. Mm -hmm. So I pull up and I'm talking to her. I'm like, we're talking on the, the front porch, and I'm like, look, you guys are making too much noise. Just cut the noise. And she's like, I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh. I think people were probably. You know, having a real good time in there and, you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. He was, so my next door neighbor would have been sensitive to noise because literally he, he his his house was, his little, his efficiency was right next to my joint. So, uh, right. when I opened the door, all the, I was like, so can I come in? No crap. They had a uh, keg, they was doing keg stands or whatever you call it. Okay. Yeah, ping pong table. Okay. No, not ping pong. They were playing beer pong. Beer pong. Yeah. Um, and it was crazy in there. And one of the kids, <laughs> like, 
It was, dude, it was like American Pie. It was like walking all this equipment make its way into this place. Right. You know? Which is another reason why the cameras is important. Because yeah. back then, I think I had a, I feel like I had a ring doorbell, but. Yeah, yeah, you did. I don't know if I had it for that. I don't know what happened with that. So anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I end up going in there and everybody gets quiet. And they're like, somebody said a very racist comment. Some kid in the back, and everybody's like, shut up, dude, what are you talking about, we don't know him, anyway, long story short, that was a crazy night, but I ended yeah. up staying in the party with him, sure. um, for a couple hours, just to make sure I kept, they kept it quiet, because I was always concerned about my neighbors, sure, making sure that my neighbors is good, you know what I'm saying, yeah, but yeah, this is good, man, um, I think it's a good part one to this conversation, obviously, it's a long-form conversation, very intricate, um, tell the people where they can find you, man. Uh, you guys can find me at Dawson Mick three on IG. That's Dawson Mick the number three on IG. You can also find me on IG uh, Cleveland BNB Getaways. So C L E B N B Getaways, and uh, you can also find my website at C L E B N B Getaways. Uh, we got some cool, cool stuff on that website. That's Had to be. The, I wanted people to know where to come to stay. Yeah. Come on, so please be a big one. Thanks for doing this, bro. Appreciate it. Anytime. Anytime. All right, Thanks man. for having me on. For sure. All right, my good people. Um, you made it this far. Thank you for <laughs> making it to the end of the video. Uh, make sure you follow me everywhere I'm at on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. That's at No Sympathy for Kings. And um, also, make sure you like this video and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, wait for more content. I'm also available on uh, Spotify and uh, anywhere else you find podcasts as well. And as always, my good people, a lack of discipline may cost you your kingdom. No sympathy for kings. Peace out.